This is a podcast of Sunday Kitchen Church from First Baptist Church in Kenora, Ontario. I'm Gord Dejans, host of the podcast and pastor at First Baptist Church. Today's podcast follows the two disciples who have left Jerusalem for Emmaus after the disturbing events of Easter weekend. How did you manage your latest week of isolation? Is it starting to feel normal? Are you finding new rhythms that are helpful, maybe even hopeful? I thought I was beginning to handle things a little better, and then I was part of a conversation this week and an email landed in my inbox that threw me for a bit of a loop. Maybe I've just been so out of the loop or not listening in the right places, but suddenly it seems the end of the world, or more prominently in my circles, the second coming has raised its head. The first instance started when the individual I was talking to admitted their personality was such that isolation was a problem. They needed personal interaction that virtual conversations couldn't satisfy. Virtual ministry didn't feel like real ministry. Their response was to get out of the house and do ministry one-on-one in the community, wearing as much protective gear as possible, but out there nonetheless. Then came the line, If the second coming is near, it doesn't matter. I need to be out there doing ministry. On Thursday morning, I got an email from someone I trust and love. Like many of us, they have signed up for weekly or monthly mailings from organizations or individuals they find helpful and encouraging. This email had the title, Coronavirus and Bible Prophecy. While its language was cautious, there was this underlying theme of second coming and the global devastation that precedes it. It did a study of how pestilence and disease was used by God in the Old Testament to bring judgment on Israel with the hope of reconciliation, and then a quick examination of the world events listed in the New Testament that signal the second coming. It then wondered if the same thing was happening now. Is this God's wake-up call to the world? Is this the beginning of the end? I'm not a student of apocalyptic literature in the Bible. However, I would encourage caution in how we use its language during a crisis like the one we're experiencing. So, I feel uncomfortable, distressed even, when current world events are already causing people to be mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually stressed that the end times card is hauled out. Here's the good news this morning. There is another way. The gospel story we read is a wonderful antidote to all of this. Two men were feeling like the world was coming to an end. The man they had given their lives to, the man they had followed because of the hope he offered, the man who was changing the world they lived in, the man they believed was actually God in human form was suddenly gone. Not just gone meaning he left the country, but dead, permanently gone. Their despair was deep and overwhelming. And they weren't the slightest bit encouraged when some women claimed to have seen Jesus alive. They actually dismissed them as being delusional. These two gentlemen didn't know what to do, so they decided to go home to Emmaus. It was a seven or eight mile hike, so they had lots of time to do what people who are distressed do when they get together. Luke says that they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. They talked about the tragedy that took Jesus from them. They probably went over every little detail multiple times, trying to figure out where things went wrong and who was to blame and how they could have been more helpful. It wasn't a good conversation. Then we read these words. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. Jesus came near and went with them. I love that. Jesus doesn't avoid these men. He came near to them. Being near to someone is something that we understand much better today than we did just a few weeks ago. We understand it because we can't do it anymore. Coming near means entering 
another's personal space. But Jesus didn't simply come near, nod his head in greeting or say, how's things, and then walk the other way. He came near and went with them. In other words, he didn't simply enter their space, didn't keep physically distant, but actually accompanied them, walked with them. But he did more than simply accompany them. He engaged them. What are you talking about, he asked. This had the effect of stopping them in their tracks. Luke actually wrote, they stood still. They couldn't believe what they were hearing. How in all the world could this man not have heard the devastating news of what had just happened? They suggested to him that he was perhaps a little out of touch with reality. Jesus didn't take offense, but rather pushed again. What things, he asked. Again, engaging just a little deeper. In fact, Jesus gave them permission to vent. Jesus lets them rehash the whole story for him. Jesus listened patiently. Then, only when he had a pretty good understanding of where they were, did he begin to talk. This is all really very interesting, isn't it? I asked myself the question this week, why didn't Jesus just say to them, look guys, it's me, Jesus, your friend, in the flesh. It's all true, I have risen from the dead. The women were right after all. Why did Jesus string them along? I must admit, I still don't have a great answer to the question. What I do know is the Gospels teach by telling stories. This is Luke, very likely, teaching the church how to witness. And the first thing he suggests we do, even if you are the newly risen from the dead Jesus, the Son of God, is you listen. You give people the opportunity to vent, to explain their fears, their frustrations, their loss of hope, their grief, their disappointments, their joys, their victories. It seems a good strategy. Once they were done with their story and Jesus had paid close attention to it, he was able to chide them. In response to their, how are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know blah, 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 Jesus said to them, how lacking in understanding are you? Literally, how foolish are you? How long will it take for things to penetrate your hearts and minds? But instead of leaving them there wondering what in all the world this strange man was talking about, Jesus carefully and patiently taught them the truth about the devastating events that had just taken place. And then he was done. He was going to continue on once they came to Emmaus, but the men were so taken by him that they wanted him to stay. Here's a hint as to how we might engage people. Make sure that when the conversation is over, they want to continue the conversation. They must have found hope in what he had to say. They must have felt, as they say later on, that our hearts were burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us. They invite him to stay with them, and it was only when Jesus began to break bread with them that they realized who he was. And once they recognized him, he disappeared, just like that. I think for me, considering the crisis we're in, Rather than trying to speculate on end times, it's actually time to try and get myself and other people to understand that Jesus is already here. He meets us where we are in our journey. He comes near. He listens. He opens our minds to his presence. He feeds us life-giving bread. He awakens in our hearts a hope that the resurrection is not just a fairy tale, but something that can change our lives and our world. The two disciples' response this time was not to regret that Jesus suddenly physically disappeared again, but that they needed to immediately get back to Jerusalem to let others know what they had discovered. Jesus really was alive. Jesus really had come near, and that was such good news it deserved another hike. And it's still good news today. I would encourage all of us 
to let Jesus draw near in these days, to let Jesus walk with us. Try a little venting in his direction. He's asking for us to tell him what we're talking about, what we're experiencing, what we have suffered, what we have lost. And then maybe listen for a bit. Listen by just being silent, but maybe also listen by rereading the gospel story again to hear what Jesus has to say. It really is good news.